Our Father who art in heaven, you gave poetry as my gift, so thine will be done from my tongue, on paper as it is on the mic. And lead me not into vulgarity. Please deliver me from self-gratifying lines. You own my stanzas, my metaphors, and hyperboles. Allow me to spit with the power of Samson and to deliver with the tenacity of the woman at your hymn. I'm a conduit. I pray your words to saturate souls. For thine is my pen, my iPad, and my notebook. Both now and forever. Amen. This is Paula Sordor, and you're listening to Ink and Pad, Poetry for the People on RML Radio, where real music lives. Listen and be inspired. Hello, hello, and hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Ink and Pad podcast, Poetry for the People. If you are new here, my name is Kaya Tana. I am your host, and basically, we talk about poetry, whatever that looks like. I am a spoken word poet, a page poet as well. You know, however the Lord gives me utterance in these poetic streets, that's what I will bring to the people. I was originally not going to do an episode this week. However, as I was coming up the elevator, the Holy Spirit just dropped this episode on me. I was like, okay, so I will be late posting this episode, but it will get posted and I'm excited. So I dug into my collection of poetry and went online and, you know, went in the Bible and found some poetic pieces to share with you guys. They're going to seem kind of random. I'm calling this episode OPP. You down with OPP? Yeah, you know me. But it's other people's poetry. <laughs> so, you know, just sharing some pieces of poems. You know, it's kind of random. There's no rhyme or reason to it. But my purpose in doing this, I learned rather. I learned that once you hear other people's poetry then you will know what you can do outside of, you know, if you're not in school for poetry, if you haven't taken any workshops for poetry, reading and listening to other people's poetry will give you an idea of what direction you want to go. What sounds good and what doesn't sound good, then you will be able to craft your pieces based on the information you have gleaned, not copying someone's style, not, well, let me not say that because sometimes listening to other people's poetry, I've gathered, a, I took a line from a poem and it was the beginning line of my poem that I started, you know, and of course I give credit where credit is due. Usually after your title, you say after and the poet that you gleaned the um, line from mainly for page poetry. But yeah, poets borrow other people's lines all the time. It's not plagiarism unless you are like copying like two, three, four lines. You know what I'm saying? So fun fact, before getting my master's in creative writing, I had never read another book of poetry. I know, right? That's crazy. I was primarily a spoken word poet. 
my train of thought was if I read someone else's poetry, it would taint the authenticity of my poetry. That is so wrong. And I'm so glad God snatched me out of that. Some There are some books out there that I'm like, mm, okay, but hey, they're out there. They took the step that I haven't taken yet. So there's that, right? Amen. So yeah, it's a learning process. I am forever a student of poetry. So yeah, let's dive into this thing. Now, I could not start this episode off without first reading the OG poetry. Remember, I said that five books in the Bible are books of poetry. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Okay. I want to share a poem and I'm going to King James version it because it is beautiful. And it's not, it's a scripture, but it's a poem. And baby, this is OG love poetry right here, honey. It's in Song of Solomon chapter one. And it's self-explanatory. I'm not going to go into a whole deep analysis and breakdown of the poems and whatnot. I may or may not give commentary, but listen, y'all want that OG love poetry? Get in Song of Solomon, okay? Song of Solomon chapter one, King James Version. I'm starting at verse two. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Because of the savor of thy good ointments, Thy name is as ointment poured forth. Therefore, do the virgins love thee. Draw me, we will run after thee. The king hath brought me into his chambers. We'll be, we will be glad and rejoice in thee. We will remember thy love more than wine. The upright love thee. I am black but comely. O ye daughters of Jerusalem, as the tents of Kedar, as the curtains of Solomon, look not upon me because I am black, because the sun hath looked upon me. My mother's children are angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but mine own vineyard have I not kept. Tell me, O thou whom my soul loveth. Where thou feedest, where thou makest thy flock to rest at noon. For why should I be as one that turneth aside by the flocks of thy companions? If thou know not, O thou fairest among women, go thy way forth by the footsteps of the flock and feed thy kids beside the shepherd's tents. I have compared thee, O my love, to a company of horses in Pharaoh's chariots. Thy cheeks are comely with rows of jewels, thy neck with chains of gold. We will make thee borders of gold with studs of silver. While the king sitteth at his table, my spikenard sendeth forth the smell thereof. A bundle of myrrh is my well-beloved unto me. He shall lie all night betwixt my breast. My beloved is unto me as a cluster of campfire in the vineyards of Engedi. Behold, thou art fair, my love. Behold, thou art fair. Thou hast dove's eyes. Behold, thou art fair, my beloved. Yea, pleasant. Also our bed is green. The beams of our house are cedar and our rafters of fir. Baby, listen. 
Listen here, listen here, listen here. I love reading me some Song of Solomon, honey. Or they call it Song of Songs now. But you, listen, that's OG poetry. right? You, you want to write a love letter to your husband or to your wife or to your fiancé or fiancé or however you say it? Baby, listen. Get in song of, song of songs and, 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 and take a few lines and, you know, let the Lord lead you on how to love your partner, baby. <laughs> Listen, that just decided me because it's in the Bible. <laughs> and if you do it right as the Lord wants you to do it, baby, listen. <laughs> gun it, gun it. Okay. All right. So I am jumping to. So that was Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2 through 17. Okay. So if you want to find that to read. All right, so now I am jumping to Gwendolyn Brooks' Selected Poems. And one poem that stood out to me in this book, this is from my own collection. And no, I'm not going to hit up the people you think I should be hitting up. And I'm not doing a whole long episode. Yeah, Gwendolyn Brooks. And this poem is To Be In Love. No, there's no theme (laughs) I don't think there is. I have when I listen back and edit this, I will figure out the theme, but I don't think there is. To be in love is the poem and it is out of Selective Poems Gwendolyn Brooks by Harper Perennial Modern Classics is the publisher. Yeah. So this poem is called To Be in Love. To be in love is to touch things with the lighter hand. In yourself you stretch, you are well. You look at things through his eyes. A cardinal is red. A sky is blue. Suddenly, you know he knows too. He is not there, but you know you are tasting together. Ooh, you are tasting together. The winter or light spring weather. His hand to take your hand is over much. Too much to bear. You cannot look in his eyes because your pulse must not say what must not be said. When he shuts a door, is not there, your arms are water, and you are free with a ghastly freedom. You are the beautiful half of a golden hurt. You remember and covet his mouth to touch, to whisper on. That's a whole visual. Oh, when to declare is certain death. Oh, when to apprise is to mesmerize. To see fall down the column of gold into the commonest ash. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what? I had written a love poem. I'm not going to read it because we're doing other people's poetry. But I had written a love poem that I pretty much retired. And it was based on what I thought love would be like, what I thought love would look like. I can't wait to write that poem when God sends me my Boaz baby. And uh, I get to write love poems from that space. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm excited. So that's that. So now we are jumping to a poem by William Carlos Williams. And this poem, I found the poem on uh, Poetry Foundation. I thought I had it in my own collection of selected poems by Williams Carlos Williams, but... 
it's not in this particular book. But this poem came to mind because it is one of the poems that helped me fall in love with writing about body image. Just writing about your body, writing about, you know, good, bad, or indifferent between him and Lucille Clifton, which is why I fell in love with her. They both write good poems about the body, about, you know, just being in their own skin and what that looks like, good, bad, or indifferent, especially Lucille Clifton, baby. I cannot find my Blessing the Boat books, and I know it's around here somewhere, but I did not want to parlay too long for this episode. But yeah, you know, she writes about being on your menstruation. She writes about, you know, having having nice and curvy hips. You know, she writes about, you know, your body going through menopause and all the things, child. I'm like, yes, ma'am. And that was... <laughs> That was another affirming poet because some poems I had written about my body. You know what I'm saying? One of my very first on purpose spoken word pieces was called I Am. It was in the poetry workshop. I I talked about it in a previous episode. Go back and look, y'all. Go back and listen. But I talk about, you know, having a, you know, a, a fluffy belly and squishy and whatnot. I have another poem where I talk about you know, body issues and whatnot. So yeah, this poem is called Dance Ruse. Now, William Carlos Williams, if I remember correctly, I'm going off the top of my head. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Go to Kayatana Writes, K-I-Y-A-T-A-N-A, Instagram at Kayatana Writes, W-R-I-T-E-S. That's the home of Ink and Pad Podcast. It is also my poetry page. And let me know under the flyer for this episode if I am wrong. Williams Carlos Williams, not only was he a poet, but he was also a physician, like a whole doctor. Okay. So, you know, he had a day career and then, you know, he moonlit as a poet. So there's that. It's okay to go make your steady uh, bread and, you know, then live as a poet as well. So, and that doesn't make poetry a hobby. It just, two things can be true at the same time. So this piece is called Dance Ruth. By Williams Carlos Williams. If I, when my wife is sleeping and the baby and Kathleen are sleeping and the sun is a flame white disc in silken mist above shining trees. If I, in my north room, dance naked, grotesquely before my mirror, waving my shirt around my head and singing softly to myself, I am lonely, lonely. I was born to be lonely. I am best so. If I admire my arms, my face, my shoulders, flanks, buttocks against the yellow drawn shades, who shall say I am not the happy genius of my household? That's that piece, y'all. Just short and sweet and to the point. Chalked full of imagery. You get the picture, you know? And that's one thing I love about the poems that I am sharing because... It is full of imagery. If a poem cannot paint a mental picture for me and I am not asking questions about the characters in the poem versus, you know, the mechanics of the poem, to me, just in my humble opinion, it's not a good poem. You, It has to be full of adjectives, metaphors, similes, you know, hyperboles, all the things that 
you know, make it rich and paint the picture with words. You know, your ink and pad are your paintbrush and canvas for words. Use that thing, you know. And the difference between the page poem is you can read it on page and see the picture. And then for stage poems, you hear the picture and you and you visualize it. So listen, get, get, get going, get cracking with your poetry, you know, fill it with all the imagery, all the imagery you can, you know. Don't just say he ran, he ran, did he run briskly? Did he, you know, ran, run with a gate? Did he, you know, run with, run with purpose? Did he run with passion? How did he run? Don't just say he ran, you know, if she danced, did she dance, you know, a seductiveness? Did she dance with the, with the lilt? Did she dance with passion to say the least? Was it a sexy dance? What is, was it an awkward dance? You know, what type of dance was it? Paint the picture. Paint the picture. I love poems that do that. You know? Them the ones that will elicit the most reactions from me. Okay? So, I am now going to jump around. Again, this is all random. And I am... It is from a book called Lighthead by Terrence Hayes. He is the author of Hip Logic and Wind in a Box. And this book is published by Penguin Poets. And this poem is called A Plate of Bones. Now listen, this is the poem I'm talking about when I say paint the picture, baby, listen. And um, yeah, A Plate of Bones. My silk, slick, black, muscular, back-talking uncle driving me and a school of fish corpses to church. The sick-eyed, gape-mouthed bass, the kingfish without kingdom, the sliver-thin silver fish, each dead and separate in a cool bucket. Gilded and shapely as a necktied Sunday morning, the fish. Sit upright, he said. And I sat upright, riding shotgun, looking hard at the road. He muttered crackers as if it was something swinging from a thin, clear wire. The clump of tiny maggots in a trout's brain. The flies lazing like the devil's jewelry at our backs. Last night, when the white boy's arm lassoed his daughter's neck, my uncle said nothing until they left. I let him feed me the anger I knew was a birthright, a plate of bones thin enough to puncture a lung. But the words did things in my mouth I'd heard they killed people for. They went to a movie and sat quietly and touched or did not touch in the darkness. My uncle watched the news with the sound turned down until she came in. My silk, slick, black, back-talking cousin his daughter. He went to work beating a prayer out of her skin. Baby, listen. That thing right there, as disturbing as that poem is, it is rich with imagery. You know exactly what's going on. You kind of want to turn the page and be like, then what happened? You know? And that was 
Plate of Bones by Terrence Hayes out of his collection of poetry called Lighthead. Whew. Cha. All right. I think I'm going to share one last piece. And this is actually another piece by Terrence Hayes. It is in an anthology book called The Art of Losing, Poems of Grief and Healing, edited by Kevin Young. And this piece is called Blue Procession by Terrence Hayes. And it says for Uncle Bubba, 1953 to 1985. Now, I am curious to know. Now, I did not do this on purpose, but I'm wondering. I'm wondering if this poem is about the same uncle he wrote about in Lighthead. I don't know. Come tomorrow, our car had to be bright as the preacher's capped teeth. They'd found my uncle's car bundled in the arms of a tree. The gin bottle and windshield cracked, the flesh-like moss clinging to his body. My mother knelt with rag and bucket to knuckle insects from the grill. I did not know the detours of grief. I did not know the detours from grief. I watched her curse untangling the holes noosed around her feet. I watched suds slide down the glass like storm clouds, bound to wreck her somewhere in the week. That's that piece. So I've written poems about those who have passed away in my family, sometimes beforehand, sometimes while sitting in the funeral. That was my way of processing. That gives you permission to, you know, write about your grief if you need to. Okay, so the last poem I want to share, and I'll have photos of, if you have, if you listen to the podcast on any of the streaming platforms, I always post pictures of my guest, of myself, or whatnot, and I'll have photos of the books that goes across the screen as you listen, okay? That's the end of episode 12. We are there. We are there. I don't have to do book suggestions because I have everything that I read from the Bible, Song of Solomon, chapter one, verses two through, what was that, 16, 17. Then there's William Carlos Williams, Collected Poems. There's Terrence Hayes, Lighthead, and The Art of Losing, edited by Kevin Young, Poems of Grief and Healing. So yeah, y'all. Those are the poems I wanted to share. And also, after this, I will be inserting two clips from two awesome poets from two different showcases that the Descendants of David did. The first poem will be by Christina Dare, but I did not catch the title of that poem. The second one is by actually her twin sister, Kyra Dare. The poem is in regards to sexual assault awareness month i did not get the title of that poem so y'all forgive me i want to say 20 yes 2020 literally a couple of months before lockdown the poem for christina is from called the love showcased the one that kyra did is from the state of the culture address in 2020 y'all thanks for rocking with a sister Thanks for sitting with me. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, please post them under the flyer on IG at Kayatana Writes. All right, y'all. Thank you ever so kindly for 
sitting with me and listening to other people's poetry. Check out the books that I've suggested or, you know, look at some poetry books, anthologies that will give you a wide range of poets that you can look at. And then as you come across poets and the anthology, you can look up their individual works if they so have them and you can dive into their work and, you know, find your niche as far as what your style will be. So until next time, grab your ink, grab your pad and write on y'all. Toodles. challenge the notion that everything is okay as long as we do it for the culture. As a matter of fact, I am here to attack the practice that is known exclusively for its sexual exploitation and torture of its citizens. Wait, let me not be rude. I almost forgot to welcome you in a right that too many little boys and little girls are never properly Mirandized in. See, perpetrators gather in lines like eager spectators, anxiously awaiting the premiere of their most critically acclaimed film. You know, the one that someone else's children get the star roles in. Say what you like, but I believe with every ounce of my might that spending just a single night is already one too many Friday nights at Freddy's. Already one too many secret games of archive. While he comes to get it, we've been posing as Uncle Eddie. See, these men gather like kids in candy lines on a high in a wicked race to plow, vitally in between our thighs. They put our bodies on display like.
for orange jumpsuits. Oh, wow, the directors are still in the highest pursuit of their newest cast members. Children pouring cold water in their cereal with little hope for milk. 
Mommy and Daddy are gone, come home long after the sun has already set and are gone again before its next opportunity to rise. Their greatest efforts exhausted in the pursuit of adequate and reliable provision, fighting constantly the desire to give into life's temptation of abandoned hope and shattered vision, shame, defeat, worry, and fear, fighting daily to take up God's space in their broken, vulnerable, and needy hearts, while they're saying to themselves, if only I can touch just one part of the hem of his garment, then I wouldn't bleed internally from the hunger leaking through the walls of my stomach and up the chambers of my heart, ripping my hope apart. There is a level of poverty that is more dangerous than that which was mentioned above. Contributing to an internal state of oppression. It's the kind no one else sees. It's the kind no one wants to address. Reinforcing that negative expectation of constant rejection. One day I can and the next day I can't. Easily swayed by that automatic negative thought, otherwise known as an ant, this is the kind of thinking that leads you down the mental schemas of Skid Row, right on the corner of destitution and deprivation. But I come bearing hope for the poverty minds and generations for in John 7, 37 through 38, it reminds us that although you may not have room for milk, there is always room for you at the river of living water. Child looking up to you like you were. Don't ever say ZQ ain't dropped no gems. 